Um, oh, Jess, can you do one more thing? Uh, you still there? Uh, oh, can you just yeah. have like an uh, audio drop? There's something like This Is Jazz, and it's uh, it's called The Working Fans Podcast. F-A-N-S, Working Fans Podcast. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Yo, this is J-A-Z-Z, and listening to the fans. Oh, shit, what was it? Fans what? That's all right. The Working Fans Podcast. Working Fans Podcast, okay. Now part of the All Everything Entertainment Podcasting Network. Working Fans Podcast, cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. Welcome back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, may likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at FansWorking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms including Anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, like the vibes of washer and dryer, they look good and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. <laughs> Guys, I want to take a second to tell you about All Everything Entertainment. They are your home for the latest breaking news and opinions about sports, wrestling, and entertainment. From jock to geek and everyone in between, they will definitely have something for you. As I'm recording this, they have 10 live weekly podcasts that can be watched daily on Facebook, YouTube, or alleverythingentertainment.com. The replays are available on their Facebook youtube soundcloud or itunes channels their shows run the gamut as they talk about the nfl nba nhl football movies bi-weekly top 10 countdowns paranormal activity wrestling wwe aew njpw ufc bellator and so much more these guys they're just like you they're passionate individuals who love a variety of subjects and that's why they started this company in May of 2019 to kind of be a one-stop shop for entertainment. On September 11th, 2020, they made arguably their biggest signing by agreeing to terms with yours truly, the Working Fans Podcast. I was out of work sick and I was happy to join them as a part of their team you can find them on soundcloud facebook twitter instagram and youtube by searching all everything entertainment or go to all everything for their full schedule and a full list of their shows if you like us you will 100 percent like them thank you all right everybody it's the working fans podcast with aj strange boo I'm the man they call Dave, and today we got a special topic, somewhat sad timing, as we're recording this, 
Uh, we found out the legendary Road Warrior Animal has passed away. So I'm doing a special tag team debate today. In honor of that, we're going to do the Road Warriors versus the Steiner Brothers. Who was the better tag team? Uh, this should air around the same time. Of course, we're going to be doing the greatest tag teams of all time as well for our 5 through one Spoiler, I don't think it's much of a spoiler. You will be seeing a lot of the Road Warriors on list. I don't know who's going to win that yet, but we will see them on there. Before we get started, you know, both of them have passed away now. Sad. Road Warrior Animal was only 60 years old. But, you know, I was, I was looking at this. Hawk was only 39. Right, I know. Hawk, well, Hawk lived a little bit of a crazier life. Like, that one, I don't think it took us back as much. But at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. And, you know, I got to say, allegedly, a lot of steroids involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that neither one of them lived past the age of 60 yeah. is not overly shocking. No, but you know what? Sometimes, though... It's kind of interesting to sense. Could you imagine these guys being old and like looking old? Like I couldn't imagine that. They, you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying like it's unfortunate they passed away, but it is when they passed away, they did. I could not imagine. Like when my father, I'll just take it from a home thing here. My father passed away. That guy was 75, still independent, could do what he wanted, and it was a part of me that thought, you know what? This man probably would have struggled having to rely on people. You know. So, so here's the problem. Road Warrior Hawk had already looked different than he did earlier in life. Well, yes. And people, people already noticed the difference in how he looked. Yeah. And even when it came to his wrestling career, he wasn't booked the same towards the end of his career as he was early on because he didn't look like the monster he once did. Mm -hmm. Animal still basically looked the same. He really did, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the problem is, is you never know what's going on inside the body. Yes. Uh, apparently, from what I read, this happened at a Missouri resort where he started to have problems and they weren't able to get there in time to um, unfortunately save him. And I think that a lot of that, unfortunately, is when you have a resort, things aren't easy to get to because it's a resort. True, true. And so the other thing is, it's Missouri. <laughs> also, I mean, I don't know. You know, how, uh, like, many people are on staff nowadays at places like this, too. I wonder if there's less people. Yeah, less staff, maybe not a hotel doctor like you used to have. Maybe, yeah. You know, we don't know exactly yeah. how things are and what causes what. And either way, sad passing. Um, the people that are going to be really sad are the schmucks who didn't have them on their list. Uh, I can tell you, I was just talking to someone about this before we went. I know eight of the ten lists this week, all of them had the road warriors. So. Uh, change their uh, list. <laughs> no, no, no one's changing their list. I will say this. Uh, me and Scott had talked about this. Uh, as Scott said, if anyone didn't have them in their top five, a free doomsday device goes out to any one of those people. Absolutely. I'll put them up on my shoulders. Whoever <laughs> wants to clothesline them off, let's get this done. We'll take turns. All right. I'll be the heel this week because I am a legitimately probably a bigger Steiner Brothers fan out of these two teams. And I know you're a bigger Road Warriors two teams. We've had this discussion a little bit in our life, I'm pretty yeah. sure. That being said, of course, that takes nothing away from these great teams. But I'll start off. The Steiner Brothers, one of the things I love about them, I don't think this is any disputed. Innovative of offense for tag team wrestling. You know, they're going to suplex you around. They're going to throw you around. Rick Steiner would do the bulldog off of Scott Steiner's shoulders. I've seen, people don't remember this too. Rick Steiner would put a guy on his shoulders and then Scott Steiner would climb on the top rope and DDT the guy off of Rick's shoulders. Like, there's yeah, a pre seems like a good move to do. Yeah, very, definitely. They would do that to a lot of enhancement talent. A lot of enhancement talent, I'm sure, loved that. As did a lot of enhancement talent, I'm sure, loved to see their name against the Road Warriors for different reasons. Now, uh, would Steiners have ever thought of doing that if it wasn't for the original Tombstay device, which was the move off the shoulders? So. Hey, no, there's no question about that. That's a great argument, and... <clears throat> Let me run the list down of some of the accomplishments here at both teams real quick, and I'll let you go on about the Road Wars a bit. For the Steiners, seven-time NWA WCW Tag Team Champions, a U.S. Tag Team title, Pat O'Connor Memorial Tournament, IWGP Championship, and they held the WWE twice. Road Wars, All Japan, AWA, they were the NWA Six-Man Tag Team Championships three times, two times with Dusty, one with uh, Teneru, Jim Cockett, Memorial Senior Cup Tag Team winners. I don't have it down, but they were the NWA slash WCW Tag Team Champions as well. They were two-time WWE Tag Team Champions. And I didn't know this, but technically, Hawk is the only one that held the IWGP Tag Titles. 
And that was with Sasaki. Yeah, maybe Baba was a little pissed off and didn't want to put it on him after the you know, result. the um, AWA tag titles on that? Uh, that was the first one I listed, yes. Right, <laughs> right after all Japan, actually. Uh, well, no, I, I always ahead. remember that one because they ended up, I believe, losing the titles to Regal and Garden. <laughs> we had Steve Regal on the show one time and uh, he said he couldn't believe it. We're going to do what? <laughs> but the road was... <laughs> The road was leaving the territory. Audience, I can tell you as an audience member, I, I had the same feeling. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but, you know, they were leaving the territory and Vern didn't have a choice. Otherwise, I mean, they were such a hot act. I'm sure Vern didn't want them to go anywhere. Now, in fairness, Precious did use the hairspray and about 15 other things to actually beat yes, the Road Warriors. Yes. But, <laughs> so, here's my thing about the Warriors. Like we talked about before, do the Steiners think about doing the move off the shoulders, off the top rope, if you don't have the Doomsday device? I think the Doomsday device was the first thing that pushed people to have to do other moves similar to that. And that's where those thoughts came from. This, they were... this. How many copycat teams do you have? And I know you're gonna people are going to say, but they're not copycat teams. But power's a pain. Yeah. Uh, the Blade Runners. Demolition. Demolition. Uh, how many acts like the Ultimate Warriors sting the face paint because of the way the Road Warriors got over? I, I don't mm. think it was a tribute to the great Kabuki. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that those were, now maybe Muda's was, yes. but the rest of those guys on the list, I'm pretty sure those were tributes to the Road Warriors and trying to get over at the Road Warriors face painting. To this day, how many people have you ever heard go, hey, they just got the Steiner Brothers pop? Oh, well, yeah, right. And, you know, I'm going um, to argue your point a little bit. Now, I will say this. If we're dissecting these guys as singles wrestlers, Scott Steiner's number one. Yeah. However, this isn't about singles. This is about tag teams. And I will say this. One thing going for your favor with the Road Warriors here in this argument is I would imagine if I look back at these careers, main events, the war games, and even in WWE, the... Uh, it was that uh, Canadian Stampede where they had that big five-on-five. Five. They threw the Road Warriors in there as part of that act. Survivor Series, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they, they may have vented a lot of stuff because yeah. they were one of the... They were the, probably the most... Dare I say it, they might be the most legit tag team ever in terms of main event status. Like Even during the um, 87 run during the summer there, one of the big matches was Ric Flair versus Hawk. Yeah. People trying to see what Hawk could do. Absolutely. Now, as I was talking about singles careers... It's kind of funny because I said Scott Steiner would clearly be number one. And I was going to say Rick Steiner would be number two because he had a lot of success. But, boy, you could argue Hawk with that, too. Hawk was definitely, he had that main event run with Flair and some towns and stuff. So it's a little yeah, more debatable. I mean, I would, don't get me wrong. I, I would probably put Rick there, too, just because of longevity and the amount of singles titles that he actually held. Right. But Hawk had high-profile runs in a time period. If they had broken them off and went into singles in that time period, Hawk could have wrestled guys like Hogan and stuff of that nature and still been legit. I would think, too, the Road Warriors do have longevity on this side. Here I am. I'm supposed to be the heel going with the signers, but I find myself starting to baby face as we have this conversation more and more. You're not a natural heel. And also, I'm just not really, like, totally sold on this. It's like I was, I was going through the accomplishments, and I love the Steiners. They were my favorite team. I will admit that. However, when you start looking at these accomplishments side by side, as great as the signers are, it's really hard to put up against the road warriors. If we're talking about work and we're talking about great right. tag teams that work, then obviously we go with teams like the Steiners. We go with teams like the Midnight Express. Brain we Busters. go with the Rock and Roll Express, the Brainbusters. Obviously, they're great teams. Hell, you can throw the Fantastics as workers sure. than the Road Warriors. However, when it comes to just being the most famous tag team on the planet mm. and being the biggest name in tag team wrestling of all time, it is very hard to beat whether you want to call them the Road Warriors, the yeah. Legion of Doom, the... It is hard to beat them. It is. Now, there are a few people like Conrad Thompson who swears to God that he thought Demolition was the bigger tag team. <laughs> However, the rest of us that were on planet Earth during the time period <laughs> are well aware of the fact that the Road Warriors, when they enter a building, you hear that song, you hear that, oh, what a rush. Mm -hmm. You hear Iron Man. To this day, when I hear Iron Man, I don't think of Ozzy Osbourne first. I actually think of the Road Warriors first. And I will say this. If you want to talk about, you know, everybody's got probably a favorite version of the Road Warriors. AJ, I'm just going to say it. I know your favorite version of the Road Warriors. It was around the SummerSlam 92 in England. Rocco! This is my friend, Rocco! Absolutely. Especially with the foam spikes. Yes. 
That was great stuff, right? That was definitely... <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Road Warriors that beat the piss out of Dusty Rhodes better. Right, right. When they tried to shove the spike in his eye. No, no, no. no. That was yeah, that's not my Road Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I like Rocco. Yeah, the... The truth is dummy. Yeah, or maybe the Draws version of the Road Warriors where they... Ah, uh, yeah, no. That was it. The drunk, Drunko Hawk. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> but when the WWE did what they always do with any talent that's not their own, let's try to bury these motherfuckers. Well, you know what? That definitely happened towards the end in the Attitude Era, but even there was times before that that, like, you know, Vince definitely knew to put the Road Warriors on top, too. There's no denying. You can say whatever you want, but even LOD 2000 with Sonny at the helm yeah. was a pretty hot freaking tag team. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, I mean, granted, Sonny, I thought, was going to die before either one of them at some points, but... <laughs> She's doing all right. She's hanging in there. Well, <laughs> Shout out to Sonny. She's gotten all those free meals from the state penitentiary of Pennsylvania for most of her life, so... She's surviving. All right, good job, Sonny. Anyway... I'm going to segue back into... Uh, Much like Chris Candido, she's killed it. She's killed it. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, as time goes on, I really... I'm glad you're playing the heel. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I can't really uh, do anything but say that the Road Warriors are probably the better tag team, unfortunately, for well, my argument. Once, well, wait a minute. Once again, we're using the term wrong there. They're not oh, the more successful. Team. The more successful yes. tag team. Yes, And it's nothing against the Steiners. We Fuck can not. have this debate with any tag team that you want to have. Yeah. That it's going to be very hard to. We both love the Midnight Express. Yeah. We think the Midnight Express are a more successful tag team no. than the Road Warriors. Then we might want to go get checked out in the head. Right. No, but you're right. <laughs> Teams like the Steiners, Midnights, Brainbusters, Rock and Roll, etc. Better workers in the ring. Better tag team uh, specialists, you could say. But yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, <laughs> it was a presence. The main event status, the look. Everywhere they went, they changed tag team wrestling. When they first got to the AWA, the AWA was run by old-timers who had controlled mm. it, like Dick the Bruiser, yes. Crusher, Vern Gagne. The Road Warriors came in, changed the landscape to a point where the old-timers were like, what the fuck are these guys? Hey, this is what you're going to do in the ring with us. And they're like, no, this isn't. Yeah. And and it literally changed the landscape of wrestling. And they opened the door for so many young wrestlers in the AWA. They opened the door for your Scott Hall, your Kurt Henning, your other wrestlers in that time period. Really, once they were done, the only wrestlers that were still from the old guard that was still going was obviously Vern, who owned it, and then Nick Bockwinkel, because the other guys left because they didn't want to get beat up by the Road Warriors. Mm. Yeah, I remember a story. I think it was Dick the Bruiser or somebody got kicked in the gut, and Road Warrior Hawk just picked him up above his head, and they said, what are you doing? You don't do that to us. And Hawk's like, well, I just did. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly my point. They did the same thing in the NWA. When they came to the NWA, It was slow, methodical wrestling. And you know, I love the Briscoes, but it was the Briscoes, the Funks. It was that style of wrestling. And they get there, and all of a sudden, they've changed the style of wrestling in the NWA. And all of a sudden, you have younger tag teams that are getting it done. All of a sudden, you open the door for the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, the Midnight Expresses, the Fantastics, the whoever you want to go down the line with. And yeah. they changed wrestling. As much as I love the Steiner Brothers, mm. we can't claim that the Steiner Brothers changed wrestling. No, no, I agree. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think they had as many legendary feuds. They didn't have the War Games legacy. I think it's safe to say the War Games legacy, the Road Warriors, are synonymous uh, along with the Horsemen. I remember players. seeing Road Warrior Hawk Hogan over his head in Japan. Oh, yes. Yes, that happened too. Yeah, yeah. How, how many times have you seen Hogan pressed over someone's head? I got two in my mind. Yeah, Road Warrior <laughs> Hawk and Tony Atlas was the other guy that I saw. Exactly. Yeah. And, and one was when Hogan was still a heel. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're not going to really... Uh, I'm going to definitely give this one to AJ. The Road Warriors are the team to beat as far as the most successful tag team in wrestling. We'll see in how it is. In fairness, you gave me this one just by giving me the Road Warriors. Yeah, I did. I could have took the Road Warriors, but the truth behind the scenes is we both know how successful the Road Warriors are. However, when it came to a personal nature, I know you were, and I was a huge fan of the Road Warriors, but you were the bigger fan, and I think in this case. So I was. I was yeah. And, uh, you know, I go back to the Legion of Doom. I go back to seeing them as a group, first in Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then seeing them um, coming to the AWA as a group. And they just, like like I said, they were the ones who caught my attention first. Little side thing about me, part of why I like the Steiners, I was always a big fan of the guys coming up. 
And I saw Scott Steiner start off as like almost kind of working in as like preliminary guy that got an offense to teaming with his brother Rick in the NWA and then working their way up. That wasn't the case with the Road Warriors. When I watched the Road Warriors, they were just badasses to beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Scott, Scott Steiner, when he first started, basically looked like the jacked up HVAC guy. He should have never been probably in enhancement <laughs> matches, but I know in the AWA they had him like having competitive enhancement matches and then I think very briefly at NWA, but it wasn't long before him and Rick became a dominant tag team. But nonetheless, yeah, I, think we, I, I think we can call this one a day, though. I think you're, it ended up being a pretty good squash match for the Road Warriors. <laughs> I think any of them will be. All right, that's week. Uh, it's uh, Dave versus AJ, and the Road Warriors are going to win in a squash. Ooh, what a rush. We're out. Yo, yo, this is J-A-Double-Z, the female fighting phenom, and you're listening to the Working Fans Podcast. The Working Fans Podcast, I'm the man we call Dave, and today we have a special guest. Uh, this lady has been all over, she's been in uh, ECW, WWE, NWA, she's a former WWE and NWA Women's Champion. She's a wife, she's a mother, and she's a certifiable badass. And we are lucky to have her today. Ladies and gentlemen, Jazz! Yo, yo, yo! Jazz, <laughs> <laughs> how are you today? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. This is, you know, just another crazy day, you know. It's a weekend, and you're supposed to relax and just chill, but it doesn't happen in my household. You know what? Uh, it probably doesn't happen as much as it should, you know? <laughs> exactly. Life is something serious, let me tell you. Yeah, actually, before I get started, like, now with everything going on with COVID and everything, are you keeping busy? Are you still even doing dates right now? Are you still wrestling? No, you, you know, actually, I'm no longer wrestling right now. I have plans to announce my retirement for 2020. I'm going to do a retirement before, but COVID hit. And just had to go ahead and just, just stop wrestling. But well, I'm just going to wait wait it out a little bit. I still may do a little, little half a year of a tour, maybe 2021. Just, uh, just to say my goodbyes to everyone, you know what I mean? As far as in-ring, but I'm most definitely still, still a part of the business behind the scenes. Absolutely. When I was looking at your beginnings, we'll go back to beginnings, former guest of the show, Rod Price, I saw he was actually the guy who trained you. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is correct. So how was training? How was breaking into business at that time with Rod and everything? Well, actually, you know, I started out with Junkyard Dog. Oh, okay. that, that was the official. Yeah, that's what I originally started out with. But Rod came along and man got with him because he told me, because I was trying to be like a manager. You know, I'm like, hey, I could just walk out, hype the crowd up, you know, piss the people off or whatever. But Rod told me, like, Jazz, if you want to make money, you got to wrestle. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I just sucked it up and, and went for it. And thank God I did, you know. With, with Rod being my trainer, I actually trained probably six to eight months. And eight months is really pushing it before I uh, signed with ECW. Yeah, it, it was interesting, too. And what a time, right? Because, I mean, it's still pretty male-dominated sport in the East yeah. locker room, too, right? I mean, there wasn't a lot of, yeah. mostly valets, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I thought I was going to be, a valet. <laughs> you know, that, that, was, that was my plan, you know, just to look cute, you know, have me a little cute costume on and walk out there and... You know, just be a part of the show, but no. Rod said, no, sister, you gotta wrestle. So I was like, oh shit. Oh well, let's do it. <laughs> well, you know what? For just saying all shit, it turned out to be a pretty good career, Jay. Yes, it, man, and thank God. You know what I mean? Everything, you know, it was just in the right place at the right time. You know, like you said, there wasn't a bunch of women, so, you know, it, I guess I kind of threw it out. Out of the bunch, you know, out of the wildflower. <laughs> <laughs> How was the ECW locker room at that time to work with? Awesome. You know, I, you know, a lot of people ask me that, but I'm sure you can see on social media, like, everyone stays in touch. You know, not, not everyone, but, you know, if, if there's any kind of, anybody link up any kind of way, it's, it's nothing but love. ECW was a, just a big family. There was no egos, you know, everyone got along. You know, if one starved, yeah, we all starved. I guess that's what made us all so close. <laughs> 
Yeah, it does seem like that. It does seem like, like you know, you still see a lot of almost ECW reunion shows, even like up to yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, you married, uh, you just brought out, you married Rodney Mack. Yes. Did you guys meet in ECW? No, no, no. We met in Louisiana when I moved there to start training. And we met there, and, you know, we were friends at first. And, you know, and I guess things just kind of spiced up a little bit. And, you know, he started feeding me some gumbo and jambalaya. And I guess that was it. <laughs> I guess food can be the way to a woman's heart as well. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, is that, uh, you know, like, I remember, you know, you used to hear back in the day, like, Randy Savage was always paranoid of, like, Elizabeth in the locker room and stuff, but I can imagine it could be an advantage, too, like, having a partner and, you know, your husband and your best friend mm-hmm. with you, right? I mean, I, I would think that. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the road is, like, normally tore up a couple, and marriages, you know, because you're on the road the majority of the time, so us being together, you know, yeah, I think that's what really kept us together. Just, you know, we're always together. If we were apart at any time during, throughout our careers, it was very, like, you could, you could say months. It was never, like, years involved in us, you know, being so far apart from each other days at a time. So, you know, it all worked out. We were there to push one another. It was one another's motivation. So, you know, just... Just there, and I and I I tell everybody, you know, I needed him and he needed me to get what we were. You know, it just worked out. Absolutely. When I see you in the ring, I always saw kind of a no nonsense presenta- presentation. Is that something you shot for? Like, you know, okay, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be a no nonsense. You know what? No, I didn't. I didn't come in with a game plan. I just, it just that's just who I am. You know. <laughs> WF at the time, and it's the Attitude Era. Crowds are large. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Obviously, still, I mean, you know, you haven't been in the business too long. Is exactly. everything going so fast, or do you realize, man, this is a really big deal? Like, <laughs> what's in your head? It was going so fast. It was going so fast. I really didn't have time to grasp what, what was really going on. And that's how my whole career was, as far as, you know, that, that next level from ECW and WWF, you know, things were just, just going so fast. Hell, and, you know, when you're there involved, you don't really have time to sit back and think about, oh, well, you know, maybe this, maybe that. It's like when, when you got, when you're rolling, hell, you just, you just got to con- let the continuation just continue. So you got to keep rolling. I'm going to hit you with, with six names here. I just want some feedback here. Victoria, okay. how is she? Crazy as hell. <laughs> but cool as shit, though, you know. <laughs> what about uh, Jacqueline, Jackie Moore? Jacqueline, she, she's very quiet. She's kind of to herself. You know, she's still with her sister, you know, in the locker room. But, you know, she, she, she did her own thing. I never really got to know who Jacqueline was. We never hung out. But, you know, we, we talked and, you know, kicked the shit at, you know, at the, at the venues and all. But, you know, I never even traveled with Jackie. That's crazy. Damn, come to think of it. I never traveled with her. Yeah, you guys had similar styles, both very no-nonsense, kind of, you know. That's why her, yeah. you, and Victoria. Victoria was probably a little more, you know, she did more of the exotic personality as time went on. Yeah. All three of you mm-hmm. no-nonsense. Yeah, and I hate I never got to really go into a storyline with Victoria. We were supposed to, but I don't know what happened with that, you know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like that's the wrestling business, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They teased it, you know, and then they yanked the rug from underneath us, so. <laughs> what about two more of the ladies here? Lita? Lita, Lita, you know, Lita and I were um, really close because, you know, she started out in ECW, so we were there together. You know, we traveled together, we shared rooms, you know, like, I know a lot 
about Lita, you know, just, you know, <laughs> Amy Dumas, you oh, know, this congeniality, like, Amy and I used to talk on the phone all the damn time. That's cool. And Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus, she's kind of private, you know, she's still, you know, she was all about, you know, trying to make the rest of us better the women's division, you know, her and I, you know, had a great food, but... You know, she's pretty private. We never knew what hotel she was staying in the end or any of that. <laughs> she's private. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like you ever had any issues with anybody in the locker room. Sounds like you either got No. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I had no issues with anyone. I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't believe no one has ever had any bad, you know, thing to say about me. So, no, I had no issues with anyone. No, I've never heard anybody. Now, actually, let me ask you this. You don't have to name names, but you hear it a lot with the guys, but because you did have a lot of people working with you, did you ever have anybody? I mean, plus, honestly, you're so no-nonsense. I can't imagine, but did you ever have anyone try to take advantage of you in the ring? No, never, never. No, I was um, I was always prepared for that, but it, no, it it never came to that. No, we were we were all about our matches, man. We were just so happy to be able to showcase, you know, our craft and, and trying to get away from those panties and bra matches. So shit, we were happy. We were able to go out there and just have you know a solid five to seven minute match. You know, when you say it like that, too, it is interesting because, like, really, until recently, that was the hottest time probably in women's wrestling, too. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And we set the bar, you know. Um, like I said, they got rid of all those freaking uh, gimmick matches, and we were out there, you know, shit. We were told our rating was just as high as the men matches, you know, so shit, we was loving it. Now, oh, I'll ask you one more. Uh, what about Vince McMahon? How was Vince? Did you get a lot of interaction with Vince? Just, not, yeah, just business. You know, he's the type of person. I mean, you know, you can catch him walking up and down the halls. You know, you got something to say to him. You know, you better catch him in and there because once he get behind those closed doors, shit, it might take you two hours to try to talk to him. <laughs> you know, and that's when and that's when we can actually go up to him and talk to him about anything. You know, but now I hear. You gotta go through two or three people before you even get to Vince, you know? Right. Like, it's really changed over there. I imagine. I mean, it's a massive company. It was a massive then. You can just imagine how massive it got now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was there with the heavy, heavy hitters, you know, Stone Cold, Rock, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. I mean, you know, the heavy hitters were still there. Ric Flair, Holmes. So, what about, yeah, yeah, you had to wait in line to, to talk to Vince. What about, <laughs> you know, I always heard he was a super cool guy. What about The Rock? Any interaction with The Rock? Yeah, The Rock was pretty cool. He used to sometimes give Trish and I ideas about our matches. You know, he was, he was a cool cat. Again, he was so damn busy. Mm-hmm. He was always with his agent back there trying to get his shit together. You know, because he had long, long segments. You know, yeah. so he, he was occupied. Well, I mean... It, and that's the it, thing, you know, everybody asks you, how was this guy, how was that guy? He's like, man, you know, when you're on the show, you're, you're back there taking care of business. You ain't really got time to sit around and tell jokes, you know. Right. You may get one joke in here or there, but it's all about, you know, trying to get, get and find out what, what you got to do for the night and try to get all that taken care of. You know, you bring up a great point. I, I wanted to ask you this too. Now, so you hear the mentality of don't play wrestler, be a pro wrestler. So... Yeah. yeah now... So I imagine there's a, there's you're psyching yourself up a lot of times before you go out there, and what's what's that routine like? You know, once once we get everything you know figured out what what's gonna happen and and, and the finish and all that, you know, like you know, you put your headphones on. That's when you need on. You put your headphones on and you know you get in your zone, and that's what I did. I I used to listen to Mystical and Lurch One. That's when Majority was hot. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to people like that and Tupac. Just get in my zone. Just, that's what it's all about, getting into, into that zone. That's awesome. Uh, you know, eventually you did move on to the uh, NWA. You had a yes. very lengthy reign with the women's title, right? Yes, I did. I think it was like over 900 days or something. Mm. You know, that was another thing that just, you know, just, again, right place at the right time. You know, it was just the perfect timing for my career at this particular time. But unfortunately, I had a lot of shit going on in my life. You know, I lost both of my parents within like three, four months apart. And trying to deal with that and still being a world champion, trying to defend the title. You know, every weekend, it just got to be so much to where my body just started to just start to shut down on me. You know, I woke up a few mornings, I couldn't walk to the toilet. 
Uh. And um, so I had to get to the doctor and try to see what was going on. And, and I had to just, you know, I had to just give it up for a little while. So that's how I ended up not actually even putting a title on the line to, to lose it. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know, as a fan of yours for many years, a fan of this, I mean, you definitely gave your body for wrestling, so you owe it to yourself to take a break. Will you? Yeah, you know, I'm still a mom. My baby's there 11, you know? Like, I've still got a lot of years to try to get around here and, and, and run around with them, you know? They want to ride bikes and do this and that. Like, shit, I tell them, mommy needs her. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I heard something, I think Freddie Prince Jr. was saying one time, that he heard Stone Cold Steve Austin say when he's a professional wrestler that he was never father of the year once. And Freddie Prince Jr. said, I wanted to be father of the year every year. And that's why he got out of... Yeah, yeah. Hello? Hey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Like, I stood up and the song just went dead. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> that, that's a... Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, I never really continued to get with Impact or, you know... Or anything, or really call WWE back and, and actually job back again because I knew the road was just going to keep me away from my kids for too long. And, you know, I grew up, my mom, my mom passed away when I was two years old. So, the kids are most definitely willing to be around. You know, tomorrow is my promise, so I try to be, you know, involved in my kids' life as much as possible. Yeah, 100%. And you have the right attitude. I think you're. Your uh, priorities are where they should be with your family at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, mean, I ain't done enough anyway and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I'm a husband, I have kids, you know, my, my, um, what was that? Bad Echo. Oh. Uh, hold on, we'll, we'll move it one more time. We're almost done here. How's that? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm No, 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 it's still there. <laughs> If it doesn't get any better, we'll just wrap it up right now. Uh, okay. I think it's... Hello, hello. Yep. I'll just speak over it. I mean, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were you asking? Oh, let's see. You were talking about you made the right decision with family. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? Let's just... Uh, okay, let's, uh, so what besides your kids, what are you doing now? Are you working anywhere? Is anything you're doing? Anything else you want to uh, promote before you get on out of here? Basically, I'm a school, the Dog Pound Dojo here in San Antonio, Texas. You can find me on Twitter at the uh, DP Dojo 4L, Dog Pound for Life, that is. Check us out over there on there. Um, you can always check on your Facebook. I'm always posting something about the motivation that we need. All spiritual motivation, all uplifting. Jazz, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. Just hit me up anytime, okay? Awesome. Thank you, Jazz. We made it through it. I'm thank happy. you. <laughs> I'll thank you. you. Fans, welcome back for another week of the 531 where we take our top five list on a particular subject, vote them down to a top three, 
debate that top three down to a top one and guys this is our one year episode and for the our one year episode our one year was september 29th this episode is coming out afterwards but we're celebrating today and we are celebrating with the top five tag teams of all time now dave you said this was a topic that you and aj had had early on that you think kicked off this podcast tell us a little about that so we basically, this is back in the days where we were just recording stuff and we were practicing and we were, I think we were talking about indie wrestling with an edge still at this point. Oh, Jesus. And, you know, we were trying to do like very typical, uh, whatever was going on in the wrestling world conversations. And then I came up with the idea that one day, hey, why don't we have a discussion about like this all-time great tag team, top five. And then I remember I made you listen to it like the next day. Because I said, hey, I had an idea on Friday. And you said to me, you texted me, I like this. This can create some debate. That's how it started off at the top five kind of discussion. Then we all got together, started brainstorming. And that's when you came up with eventually, maybe after that even, of the whole 5-3-1 concept. That's when you came up with the name and how you would go about, you know, debating from the top five, the top three, to the final one. Yeah, because I thought if we just did a top five list, like, everybody does a top five list, a top three list, a top one. What if we did a little bit of all those? You get a little discussion, you get a little debate. You kind of find out what you have in common with other people, like where the hard lines are, where something like something you guys might like, something that I might hate, you know, things like that. Absolutely. Get some interesting lists. That's when we start adding people to these discussions now, too. We get some picks are like, man, that's awesome. That's a great old school pick. Or we get some kind of weird pick where it's like, who the hell came up with that idea? Yeah, we're looking at you, Randy, for a couple weeks there. But then he's also come up with a couple lists that have really knocked it out of the park. We we shit on Randy a lot, but he is a loyal listener. Same with author Jake St. John, Jesse from New Hampshire. Scott from Voluntown, Zach St. John, my brother. We're pretty sure AJ listens. I mean, he's not here very <laughs> often. Like, I, was, I, think, I thought you were going to do like a Shane Douglas uh, promo style there. Like put all these people over and then go, and you can all kiss my ass. Because <laughs> this is the extreme working man's podcast. <laughs> oh no we're at a point now where like we're starting to grow on youtube we're starting to grow in users we got to be nice to everybody i think we are also selling shirts at this point guys if you want a shirt working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com let Ooh. us know your size twenty dollars a shirt twenty dollars 25 for a shirt and a sticker uh, we're start. We're going big, guys. Year two, we've got the Working Fans Podcast presents on Tuesday, and for the first few episodes, we're going to be airing Tape Trader's Guide to the '90s. If you're familiar with the WrestleTopia guys out of Tennessee, JD Sloan, Justin Desnid, Desind, however you know him, very good guy. We're going to start sharing his podcast with you because we just want to see it get to a bigger audience and dave we have talked so long already about just kind of we're dick dancing on one year right now like we're patting ourselves on our bat own back we're tooting our own horns but a lot of grab ass with each other look out now (laughs) i know and I, I mean, it's been a hard-working year. We joke on the air, but I I think in this year, we've definitely come a long way. Like, we used to get... We survived su- a pandemic, brother. <laughs> I know. How is that that we've gotten big in a time when this should have suffered? And remember back at the beginning of the year when we talked about how getting out to shows was what was going to make us big? And then shows yep. shut down, and we were like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And then we're not sure if that's why we lucked into some of the interviews we've had. Like, God bless the Von Ericks for coming on. That was a huge get. Rich yeah. Palladino, Jay Freddy, guys that we've seen, Richard Holiday, guys that we've seen in the area have come on our show. We've gotten Al Snow, Barry Horowitz. We got Ricky Morton. I still can't believe we got Ricky. Ken Anderson. Ken Former Anderson. George South. Gary Michael Capetta. <laughs> and Dave? Another thing, Dave. Let me tell you, Dave. <laughs> God, Amber Nova, Paisley Knows Best. 
We could have had Casey Lennox, but slipped right through our fingers, bud. Uh, talk about that. Uh, Alex Zane, where you at, homie? <laughs> <laughs> Check your DMs. Check your DMs, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't get everybody, but... I mean, I, there are ways we have definitely overthrown our coverage, like do, done better than we should have done. And, yep. I mean, Ross Foreman never got back to us, but still, we're coming for you, Ross Foreman. Foreman, look out, baby. Look under those covers. Look under those seats. You might have time, but get you. <laughs> All right, so now we, we've talked enough about our one year. I mean, we should celebrate, but let's get on to the top tag teams list. And Let's talk about this. Hold on one second, though, Joe. Hold on one second. I, I, were you going where I was about to go? Well, two things. I got two things I want to say. I think one of them could be where you want to go. One thing I just want to say is I talk off air all the time with Jake about this and Mike and Zach. And for whatever reason, at least a lot of our loyal fan listeners love talking about tag team debates. I have tag team debates like all the time. So we might be tag team debates like volume one, volume two, volume three. I know Jesse thinks we might have done this before. Jesse can enhance the loyal listener. Uh, Joe said we didn't do it, and he said the kid's ass, but that's between you two. I'm going to keep figuring that out. <laughs> to be fair, I hit enough of the Iranian tobacco that we could have talked about this last week, and I wouldn't remember it. I'd have a totally different list. I'd be arguing. To be fair. You actually did text me today. Did we do Minnesota, which was last week's episode at the time we're taping it? So that is a shoot, folks. See, true to form. We don't bullshit you here, folks. No, no, no. Nothing but the truth, baby. This is the real deal street life. uh, (laughs) I want to talk to you about. Well, yeah. Anyway, what's the transition here? Tag team. We're recording this on the day that we found out that Road Warrior Animal. Joe Laurinaitis passed away. Wait, what was his name? Joe Laurinaitis. Ah, shit. Yeah, you said it right that time. Yeah, you got me, homie. (laughs) (laughs) No respect for the LOD. Yeah, man. I mean, so it was kind of ironic that we had this list going out today because obviously Road Warriors are one of the best tag teams of all time. Joe, I don't know everybody on your list, but spoiler, every list I've seen, which is at least eight out of 11 of these, probably, the road words are on. So, uh, obviously, they're a big deal. They are, and, I mean, I hate to speak ill of the man the day he died, but I do want to say that the Road Warriors WWE DVD release, the matches, top-notch. That documentary was garbage, and I was worried that the book was going to be garbage. I haven't read the book yet, but to me, it was just, it was the most WWE documentary I've seen, and it made me just want to take it out and watch the matches because the Road Warriors team, you cannot deny how huge they are. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they're on almost every list. They hold a play. NWA, NWA, WWF, when all those promotions were actually a big deal. They dominated. They were at the top of the food chain. And by the way, they were big in all Japan as well as New Japan. They were huge deals. They are synonymous with the war game. They are just like made event. The, the war Canadian game today. Canadian fans eat even from that in your house. It was crazy where it was like the Hart family versus it was like Austin, Gold Dust, Shamrock, and who else? The Road Warriors. Were in it. It's just like they were always just that main event level tag team. And they are one of those teams that if you grew up in the 80s, whether you were a WCW fan or a WWF fan, you were a fan of either the Road Warriors or the Legion of Doom. I knew them as the Legion of Doom, but I had gotten like a bag of figures from my cousin who was a little bit older than me. And it ended up having the old Road Warriors toys. And they just had a different look. I mean, yeah. they had more or less the same face paint, but just the look they had in both the NWA and AWA was just menacing. And mm-hmm. in the age of the network where everybody is, where they cut out a lot of that music, you lose them coming out to Black Sabbath's Iron Man. 
And I mean, they've got the signature pop, the Road Warrior pop. I don't think anybody else has taken that from them. And that's weird considering they came up in an era with Ric Flair where you would get that more extreme pop as well. Absolutely. They were stars among stars in an era where it was not too uncommon to have like stars and trendsetters. Like they were just big deals even back then. Yeah, and we're going to start with Zach St. John's list. And he's got Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Road Warriors, British Bulldogs, and the Steiner Brothers. Awesome list, man. I'll uh, pick the Rock and Roll Express out of that list so far. Um, I think they're like eight-time NWA World Tag Team Champions. I think they've been NWA World Tag Team Champions more than anybody. They've competed everywhere. They're absolutely one of the best teams that are still competing to this day. As I said to Ricky Morton when we interviewed him last year, I never thought growing up as a fan of the Rock and Roll Express in the early 80s, I would see him wrestle live 2019, two times. And he's still going strong, which is just insane to see. So who do you have for your next list or your first uh, list? I got Tim up? Hartford, big old Tim H, Tim Hartford daddy. He's got the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors on this list, the Dudley Boys, the Three Birds, the Brain Busters, and the Rockers. I'm going to take a little something here. From some of the other people on this list. First off, the Dudley Boys, ECW, WWE, the WWE's version of WCW, Impact, and IWCC World Tag Team Champions. Plus, they were all Japan's World Strongest Tag Determination League Champions in 2005. And that tournament has had like the Funk, Brody, Snuka, Masala, Kabashi, Kabashi, Gordy, Williams, and so on. I mean, the Dudleys have basically been champions in every major promotion in the U.S. and Japan. Uh, this, this is a good list right there. You have the Freebirds, who are obviously big in UWF in Texas. And then with Jimmy Garvin, they would be tag team champs in WCW. The Brainbusters, the Rockers, who were AWA World Tag Team Champions and should have been WWE Tag Team Champions, but they decided to nullify that reign and never aired the match. That's wild. Now my brother brings us our next list. He's got the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Rockers, the Young Bucks, Legion of Doom. Obviously, we're going to see Legion of Doom on a lot of lists. You notice my brother has Rock and Roll Express, the Rockers, the Young Bucks. And you can see how almost that wrestling archetype has been passed down through the years. Do you think Matt and Nick will have as long a reign as Ricky and Robert have? Uh, No, just because that I don't think is going to exist anymore. Uh, That's not not the buff. You know what? In fact, let me read Mike Flynn's list next because that'll segue into some fans' thoughts about the Bucks. Mike Flynn's list, number one, was the Young Bucks. When you consider their impact and their success everywhere, match ratings, merch sales, and being a huge part of the AEW upstart, I think they're the best ever. All right, then he's got the Road Warriors, Edge and Christian, the Rock and Roll Express, and the Hardy Boys. Good to see EMC and the Hardy Boys on that list, too, because that's another golden era of tag team wrestling. On the face of it, that Young Bucks being the best ever yeah, feels like a ridiculous statement. Right. But then when you consider where they've gotten to based on where mm-hmm. they came from, they were part of a team that kicked off a company. Right. They've been champions around the world. Mm-hmm. They've done... You always want to argue the box office and who drew the house. It's hard to argue that the last couple of years of ROH might have been a Young Bucks show. No, they're definitely a part of it. It's like I of- almost want to argue yeah. with that on the face of it, but then when you break it down, you're like, they might be one of the best ever. Yeah, no, Much to Jim Cornette chagrin. Yeah, no, they're definitely, they've changed the face of the and I think they're the standard pair of tag team And do you think that's why that FTR Young Bucks match is so exciting, or is it just because they've built it up for so long? I mean, there's no denying, you know, they represent two different things, but that's part of it, right? That's part of the great rivalry. But then what's the other part of the great rivalry? The bill, as you just said. And this is something we never thought we might see. And now it's just a question of when. When they are lost and one of them gets like a life-threatening or career-threatening injury at this point, and then we never see the match. Like, with ill will on anybody. But it seems like when people don't pull the trigger on matches right away, sometimes stuff happens. So. Yeah, that, I mean, you do run that risk, but geez, Dave, like, thanks for bringing a, <laughs> such a downer on the episode. <laughs> Let's bring it up with Scott from Voluntown. He's got the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, the Hardy Boys, the Dudleys, and honorable mention, Edge and Christian. 
Yeah. Now, I saw that list. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he also make a point to say that Andre and Eaton were the Midnight Express he was referring to? Uh, you didn't write it down. That's okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Nope. Jake St. John, his Midnight Express was Eaton and Lane. Right, right, right. His was Eaton and Lane. And did Scott Got specify? It. Let's check the text. Yeah, let's check that out. Oh, wait. You sent, me, you sent me that list. So let's look that up. He did not. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I had it right. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Man. I'm going to give it to you. We've talked before. Yeah, I know he's a Tondre and uh, Eaton guy. But I was wondering, I hope he made it specific. But Jake made it specific that it was Lane and... Uh, Lane and Eaton, yep. Yeah. So it's interesting to see like that about the Midnight Express because there's two different factors. I'm a, I'm a Lane, and, uh, Lane and Eaton guy myself. Lane, I thought, really added something to that dynamic. He also came... From another great team that we're probably not going to see on this list of fabulous ones, is Steve Kern. No, we're not going to see that. No, I know absolutely wouldn't. <laughs> they were big in Florida Championship Wrestling. They were big in UWF and South with rivalries with the Steve Kerners and teams like that. But I thought Lane really kind of just gave them another look. And they looked cool, and Lane could talk a little bit better than obviously Bobby could. But, you know, I mean, that was great, man. They were the U.S. and World Tag Team Champions at the same time, which never happened back then. And their rivalry with the Rock and Roll Express and just all their matches. I mean, they really hold up. So, huge fans of those guys. Now, I left out some notes from Zach St. John's list. He had the Dudleys as an honorable mention, mm-hmm. Williams and Gordy. Yeah. And he loved Strike Force as a kid. He wanted to buy their tights in PWI, yeah. which were basically yeah. just white underwear with a lightning bolt. I don't know. What? You know what? He wants to include it. It's his right. All right. Zach. I want some white underwear with a lightning bolt on it too, my man. <laughs> and speaking Sounds of the like same time last night, wink, wink. Anyway, oh geez, that that pre-show <laughs> talk that y'all will never hear. No, 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 your damn business. Dave told me quite possibly the wildest story ever, and I really think it set the mood for this recording. But speaking of St. John's, we got Jake St. John, author, friend of the show, co-contributor. He's got the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express, who he hates them, but they deserve the spot. Midnight Express, Eaton and Lane, Arn and Tully, Hart Foundation, and the Jake Rules in effect. He also has the Dudleys and E&C. Yes, he does. That's a good combination. You know what? Before I get confused here, let me read off Randy's list because it is our one year, and we have let Randy off more than anyone on time who wants to forgot his name. So, Randy, we're not forgetting you today, buddy. He's got the Road Warriors, Edge and Christian, the Rock and Roll Express, and I like this one, the Von Eric and Iron and Tully. Von Eric were a great family, great dynasty. I'm assuming he's talking about the older Von Eric. However, obviously... Who would be the most obvious tag team of the older one? Is he talking David and Carrie? Is he talking Kevin and Carrie? Well, that's the thing. Is he talking Mike and Chris? Nobody talked about Mike and Chris ever. Is he talking about Lance and Chris? Nobody talked about Lance. I mean, we got the three birds on this list, too. And we got, obviously, they're a three-man team, but you also had Gordy and, sorry, Gordy, obviously part of a three-man team. But we've had Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. So, you know, people throw names out there to Devon Eric. They're a great three-man team. They You could interchange a lot of them. So maybe not the names Joe mentioned. <laughs> I mean, I would almost argue that Ross and Marshall have reinvented the Von Eric idea as a tag team, would you say? Like, when they're you say Von Eric's tag team, that's who I think of. When, it, when you say the Von Eric, I still think of the legendary, like, their uncles and father. But Ross and Marshall are really exemplifying that old school style in a new school life. Like, I think they're like MLW's classic in a modern era, white meat baby face. Like they are good. I, I said this to them in the interview we had, I'm pretty sure. Where, like when you go back to that old school interview with Kevin Von Eric, it's up in the promo on the Freebird. This isn't Georgia versus Texas. This is decency versus filth. Like that's what I think of Ross and Marshall. They are the decent human beings versus the filth of, like, concrete or something. Dave, you don't have a foot to stand on, but our next list comes from Jesse. He's got the Hardy Brothers. He's got the Motor City Machine Guns. He's got the Road Warriors, the Rockers, and Do It For Her, the team of Seth Rollins and Jimmy Jacobs. 
we had to look this up before the show. It's a Wrestling Society X team mm. and a surprising pick, but I will look into them. Yeah, we're going to call in a question of Devon Eric. All right, cool, great list. Mm. <laughs> Actually, most of those teams, and I'm sure they're a good team. I'm not going to put them in my top five without even seeing them. Unless I'm, I'm blown away. I'll go watch them tomorrow. I'll be like, Jill, I was wrong. <laughs> Do it for her, baby. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like I'm a like I'm a step younger than you, and Jesse is like ten years younger than me. So we're dealing with a viewpoint that you know is outside of our purview. Like I wasn't familiar with Wrestling Society X. I bought the box set just to see what it was all about, but that oh, wow. fe- that feels like something wrestling wise that would miss our generation. I got AJ's list here. He's got the Road Warriors, the Briscoes of Ring of Honor, Midnight Express, the British Bulldogs, and the Rainbow. It was interesting he uh, meets with the uh, Briscoes in there. And I was surprised that it was the ROH Briscoes and uh, Jack and Jerry. I, know, I think he's just trying to keep us on our toes. <laughs> now, I'll bring you got left? the last list I got left is me. I got the Rock and Roll Express, the Steiner Brothers, obviously the Legion of Doom. I went with the Miracle Violence Connection, that's Williams and Gordy. And I had FTR, but I had to take them off and put on Midnight Express because I couldn't believe I left them off. It's a good list, and I want to go right into my list because I also had Williams and Gordy on my list. Guys, they are five-time All-Japan Tag Team Champions. That Tag Tournament League in All-Japan I mentioned earlier, I think it's the world's strongest determination league. They were winners of that in 1991. They were the NWA slash WCW Tag Team Champions. Uh, and I mean, they held both versions of the belt because NWA was actually in WCW. At the time. They did NWA tournament under the WCW umbrella and Williams and Gordy on both. They were basically the team that came in and kicked the Steiner Brothers ass, which was never done. Midnight Express were there. The Brain Busters, come on, Iron and Tully were masterful in WWE and NWA. Steiner Brothers are my all-time favorite tag team. They're making the list. I mentioned this in a debate I had with AJ recently that they just were innovator of tag team moves, whether it was the Frankenstein or there was the Bulldog off the top rope that Rick would hit sometimes off the Scott's shoulders. And then there was also a move where I don't know if you remember this, Joe, or saw this. They would do on Cleveland wrestlers. Rick would basically have like a Cleveland wrestler on his shoulders on the rope. Scott Steiner would find the top rope and then DDP, the police, the preliminary wrestler off of Rick Steiner's shoulders. Oh, yeah, I believe I'm familiar with that. I've seen it a time or two. Scott Steiner can still hit that Frankensteiner to this day. Yeah, I want to make sure I don't get finished off my list. Number one on our list, the Road Wars. L-O-D, Animal and All. Now that we're going to a top three, Road Warriors definitely move on. (laughs) Shadow of a doubt. Uh, Who is after them? I see a lot of Midnight Express, a lot of Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. A lot of brain busters. Well, let me look here, Joe. You want to do rock and roll versus midnight? And who who do we line I'm up seeing, for the other spot? I'm seeing Edge and Christian on a few lists here, too. Edge and Christian maybe versus the Dudleys? Okay. Or how about versus the Hardys? The Hardys are on a few lists. Uh, you know what? Actually, I, I'll go Dudleys. I Dudleys? I had more success than other promotions, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're just more of a tag team to me. Back. So... If we're going to pick Rock and Roll or Midnight, who who do you pick? Who do you want to base this off? Who's the best pure tag team? As far as tag team in the ring goes, Midnight Express. As far as like success overall, Rock and Roll Express still doing it today, baby. Can't be stopped. I feel like... It's mm, tough. You almost, it. you almost got to go with the Rock and Roll because they're still going to this day. I mean, shit, it's going to be Ricky Morton versus Joey Janela at Joey Janela's Spring Break 4. So, all right, rock and roll's got to move on. Sorry, Midnight's. Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys. All right, so I'm not biased. I am uh, a much bigger fan of Edge and Christian. I enjoyed their work together. But when you look at overall the promotion, the Dudley boys, man, oh, man. I mean, WWE, you know, ECW, Impact, Japan. To me, they move on. I know. Isn't it Conrad who jokes around that they're the most decorated tag team in tag team wrestling? 
But it's almost I mean, true. <laughs> so that would be, we're going to have LOD, and then several of these going around. And let's just talk about it right now. We're competing. The Dudley's and the Rock and Roll Express are competing right now for number two here. <laughs> this is what it is, man. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, and it's not even just that animal died today, but it was we just... We had this list planned out before that, and we asked everybody's listed in advance, and everybody had the road warriors on And yeah, just their, just their impact on tag team wrestling. They were one of the most feared tag teams in a sport that is predetermined. They instilled fear in their opponents because mm-hmm. they presented such a real presentation. How many uh, preliminary wrestlers have spoken said they didn't want to see their name on the, the booking sheet against the Hamilton Hawk? <laughs> God, I wonder if George South said it. I know. I've kind of wondered about that. You know what, um, you know what Dave? I never would have wanted to do that. I'm not taking no doomsday device. Dave, that's crazy. Dave? As much as I like the Dudleys, I feel like rock and roll's got to get that number two spot just for how long they've done it. Their spot in the game, like they were NWA tag, yeah, they were NWA tag champs last year. Rock and roll here to stay. <laughs> so this is the first time we've done this the opposite way. We picked our number one, we picked our number two, and <laughs> sadly the Dudleys are our number three. And not so sadly, they're in great company. Don't cry for the Dudleys boys tonight, all right, folks. This was <laughs> a great, great list with a lot of great views. Yeah, and this, like we said, this is our one-year episode, so if you really enjoy us and you want to support us, go find us on Patreon, Working Fans Podcast. You can buy a shirt, Working Fans Podcast, or WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. We'll set you up. We've got the website. Check us out. We're at All Everything Entertainment. Guys, Thank you for supporting us for one year, and we can't wait to get bigger with you. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 